Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. And my name is Tess. (laughs) And today we're going to talk about another offbeat relationship advice segment, I guess. Yeah. Tess has more metaphors. Yay. (laughs) The first time it was pie pans. I don't remember what it was the second time. Today we're talking about clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Before we dive in, Tess, how are you? Good. I'm good. Um, in my other day job, until you know, we start making money doing what we do for fun. Uh, I had a meeting with a uh, VP of land development, mm-hmm. so there was definitely some sweat before that happened. Ended up being a five minute meeting, which was great. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was, I was sweating. I had to put on my nice little vintage blazer that I forgot that I had, um, and. <laughs> Because I'm currently working from my bedroom, since there's a tiny human now that lives in my office, um, I had to move my desk so that you could only see like the blank wall behind me. And instead I've, of your messy bed, it's not <laughs> actually messy. Those are all just blankets. Like uh-huh. I sleep with like three or four different blankets, and I am the millennial that doesn't sleep with the top sheet, so the bed yeah. doesn't really get made. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of stuffed animals on the bed, but yeah. Um, but looking at just a blank wall with like no decorations or anything. I didn't think about it before I turned my camera on, but I looked like a scammer because all you can see is this <laughs> beige wall behind me. And then there's me looking like all professional, but also slightly terrified. Um, <laughs> yes, that is the ideal like, situation. Crap. This was not a, the best idea in the world, but it was a, it was like a really quick preparation on that. Cause I was preparing by reading emails and researching for the meeting and all that kind of stuff didn't make it with the background aesthetic. So any hoozles, how are you Lauren? Uh, better than that. Um, I definitely <laughs> don't have a creepy background um, yeah. during my day job, but also like I've realized that my the the new job that I'm at because I switch jobs, like I switch pants. Apparently, um, we don't I really you switch pants a little more often than every like two to three years. But you know, okay, valid. I do switch pants a little <laughs> more often than that. Just a little bit though, not very much, but just a little bit more. Inside, outside, frontwards, backwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Reuse, recycle. Uh, <laughs> that's gross. I don't actually do that, but <laughs> but anyways, um, we don't use our cameras as often as Solid. I used to. 
So like, I've just, I'm never, I'm never on camera. And like, I got to the point where like, you know, with COVID and quarantine and everything else, like I would just look like a piece of shit on meetings as long as I wasn't with my client. Like I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and my client really never used his camera. So like, I just was like, okay, fine. I'm just not going to be on camera. And I came in on this position in February and I was like, all right, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to be on camera. I got, I did my hair. I was wearing like a, a work shirt and nobody was on camera. And I'm like, blessed, took it off, put my hair up, put on a comfy shirt, like yep, just yep. Went back to the normal, the normal, normal. Uh, so yeah, uh, life is, life is life right now. And oh, life is life. And I don't want to say life is too good, but oh, the the other fun uh Lauren fan. Lauren and Ian household. And uh we bought new phones. Ooh. And I was not expecting it to be as much of a debacle as it was. Are you okay? <laughs> Do you just have a brain freeze? <laughs> too much. Okay, she's nodding her head. <laughs> looking like a chipmunk because she put too much frozen margarita in her mouth okay well I made this frozen margarita two days ago and I didn't drink it but it's the last of my tequila and it was really good so I didn't want to waste it so I put it back in the freezer and then I tried to like break it up with the little spoon or whatever it's actually a straw so it's chunky (laughs) I got too much I'm sorry you got new phones I didn't mean to do that so we ordered them on Friday, um, and I guess, like, the, the order just got canceled. Like, I didn't get an email. I got nothing. We didn't know. Um, yeah, it was really weird. And so Ian today was trying to do all the research, and um, we got into a little tiff because I was Aww. just like, we just wait. Like, just just wait it out. Just be patient because we were supposed yeah. to get them today. If we don't get them today, then we can just order them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a, a, a larger tiff. But, you know, I think that's just a, a – not not to start off the offbeat relationship, but just uh, it's a communication thing, you know. Communication, like communication. is, yeah, super important. I yeah. think I – yeah. Absolutely key. But I think it's one of those things, too, where it's – tailoring your communication toward one another because I know Mm -hmm. Ian and I have very different ways of uh, speaking to one another as opposed to speaking at because we're both in and we've always been this way but in in our professional life as well as our home life we are pretty bad at just speaking at people as opposed to speaking to people and um, it's definitely a, a character flaw of mine for sure <laughs> but um and you know maybe that's a red flag for somebody else but uh we've managed to stick it through and have more good times than bad but it's something we still have to work on but anyways yeah no I mean I I'm not the best at communication always because especially if I really like somebody I will have way too many conversations with them in my head and then I'll forget that I had that conversation in my head and I'm expecting them to know something about how I feel or think about them. And they're like, huh, what? Yes, that is very, very true for you. And also for me, I feel as well, because we've we even had a, you know, a deep sit down conversation the other day because we've got some some uh, some more career jumps, moves, I guess, yeah. works for both of us. And there's a bit of uncertainty and you know, it really comes down to 
I'm always going to end up doing whatever he's going to, like, I'm going to tailor what I can do based off of what he wants to do, just because right. that's, you know, that's the, that's the buck that I've chosen in life and I continue to choose it, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to resent him for it a little bit every once in a while because <laughs> I'm, I'm toxic, but like at the same time, there's no reason to talk through it every single time, right? Like it's just a, it's a me thing. It's a, it's a me feeling and I can't make you feel bad for a choice that I make, even yeah. if that choice is you. Right. And, and, and it has to be okay that every once in a while I feel a little bit slighted or jaded or whatever, but I don't need to talk about it to you because at the end of the day, I still made this choice. Like I'm still right. choosing you. It's just a, it's, it's a very weird emotion. And I don't feel, I don't, I feel like people have it. Like, I feel like it's something that definitely exists for a lot of people. But oh, yeah. It, no, yeah. I, I can, I'm over here completely relating. Um, kind of the way I think about it sometimes is I don't want that conversation or that resentment to go on the relationship record, which is why I have a friend who happens to be you that I'll go to and be like, I need to fucking rant for yeah. X amount of time. And then I, I'm an auditory processor. My code word with my mom when I was little was like, I need to auditory process this. And then it's going to go away. Like, I don't need it to stay on the, the permanent record. This is just something that I need to get out and right. it's off the record. And then we move forward. But if right. you go tell your partner about that, then they start resenting you and there's this whole spiral and then you have to fix it. And it's like, I didn't really need anything to change. I just needed to like vent. Yeah. And I just, I needed a day to just not like you very much if exactly. that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it has to be okay. I don't like every single person every single day of their lives. That's, I don't think that's possible. No, I don't think it's possible either. I think that that's a, a huge romanticism too of relationships, right? Where like all you see, especially nowadays where like, not only are you being like force fed like Disney as a kid, but now you grow up and you only see Instagram happiness. Of, oh my God. Like I your peers. That. Like, and it's just, it's, it's baffling and it's bonkers. And like, I'm guilty of it. Like I love getting like family pictures taken and then throwing them up on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and being like, I love you and I love us, which like shout out to my last Instagram post anyways. Um, but like, I mean, I'm the fucking opposite on that front. Um, you never post anything. I post jujitsu stuff. That's true. But I just, I feel like I'm definitely the person where like I can, I see it and I don't see it as being like, it's not staged. Like having those emotions is valid and, and actually wanting to proclaim outward um, is, is a thing. But, you know, you only ever see all the happy-go-lucky stuff and it makes you feel like you always are supposed to, like you're not being in, you're not in a healthy relationship if you're not always happy. Right. The ones I don't like are when you can see a change in someone when they get in a relationship and all of a sudden they are immediately a we. Right. Like they force it. Right. Because you grow into being a we, but not in a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you see like, oh, I love them so much. This is my person. Well, and it's like, if you have to proclaim that that loud and reassure everyone else that much. Maybe, maybe it's real. I'll give you a 5% chance, but I'm going to call cockamamie bullshit on it for most of the time. Yeah. No, I think that's harsh, but I mean, I fucking did that on Easter with you where I was like, I hate all these Easter pictures from people who never fucking post anything. And now they're all happy go lucky and they're at church and they're with their families and their suits and ties and their little two-year-olds wearing a tie, which is dumb. And <laughs> that's going to go off. <laughs> So Easter was great, uh, is what we've learned. 
<laughs> but I mean, no, I, I, I get that too. And it's just like, it's, it's the staging part and it's why, mm-hmm. why is there such a need to stage our everyday life? You know, because all like, that matters anymore is keeping up with the Joneses. No, that's an, that's an, well, that's incredibly valid too. But I, I think that it's, it's, it's so much more than that because I think that it's also just, it's, it's mentally taxing now. Like it's not oh, just, sure. you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones got a new car, so I need to go get a new car or Mr. and Mrs. Jones got a new pie pan. So I have to go get a new pie pan or Mr. and Mrs. Jones are not doing so hot. One's having an, an affair. So what, maybe I should have an affair, you know, like it's, it's legitimately like anybody who feels like they've been doing good and it, as they should, should also be able to brag about it. But then it becomes, well, what if I'm not doing enough? Like, right. I didn't get a promotion this year. I didn't get engaged this year. I didn't get married this year. Like, well, and all the stuff that I see as validation, okay, all is too strong. A lot of like keeping up with the Joneses seems really hollow satisfaction. Yeah. It's like really hollow because it's not always, you know, hey, I'm bettering my life. It's I'm spending all of my money on things that make me happy for a minute and then I have to go get more of them. Right. And it's this constant cycle of like keeping yourself just enough above water to partake in your vices. Right. Like cars. And I'm not pointing, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody except myself on this one, because I know that that's how I've been living lately. And I understand that. And I will readily admit it. And it's been a process of grieving and healing and working out my own shit and figuring out, you know, who I am as a new person after an entire life paradigm shift. Like, Right. I'm not I'm not here to come for anybody. It's just that's something that's really kind of saddened me as I've observed it is, you know, just if if what you have to do is work toward feeling numb all the time or feeling like that new pair of shoes is going to give you the serotonin that you need, like that's really sad. There has to be something more. We had, I I think there has to be something more. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that too because like I also know that when I am in when when I was in a pretty dark spot in my marriage, you know, in that first couple of years where it just kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to learn a new person and, you know, I moved and I didn't have any friends. Like I had no other outlet other than my husband and my husband was gone all the time. Um, it would definitely become a thing where in order to validate my relationship early on, like I would make those posts and I would have like a wedding picture where it would be like, I need I need other people to revalidate that this was a good choice, right for me. So I need I need the the dopamine hit of that like, yeah or whatever. And that's it, that's totally valid. Like I I don't think that that made you know our relationship in and of itself wasn't the healthiest, but it also wasn't toxic. You know, right. you're just it's almost like you're looking for a band aid or you're looking for that little bump over hit. I'm just saying in the long run, there's got to be more than just, I made it the next 15 minutes or I made it to the next like. There has to be something bigger that you're going for either in self or in career or in life purpose, something where it's like, I'm not just living to recreate the cycle of last weekend over and over and over again. Right. No, exactly. But that's how you find, you know, that that the happiness that you're looking for is intrinsic as opposed to external. Mm -hmm. Right. And so... it was a little bit, I think it was either last year or it was later in our marriage where Ian and I had to have this really hard conversation. But, you know, we just 
I kind of sat down with him and I was just like, look, my happiness is not dependent on you and your happiness can't be dependent on me. We have to be able to be happy, have happiness and be able to be happy as a team, as opposed to only one of us can be happy at a time. Right. Absolutely. And like, I fully understand that there are times where like, oh, one of you is like grieving Mm -hmm. or one of you is, you know, just going through it, which happens, but that doesn't mean that whenever that other person, like whenever the tides shift, that you can't have your happiness too. You get to be happy together. Right. But those feelings, like you can't, and I'm a very feely, feely person. So I would take on, you know, those external emotions, like the stress from work or anything else that he was having as well as my own feelings. And that led to me finally going, you know what, me doing that, me taking this on is not a benefit to you and it's not a benefit to me. So I'm just going to, if things are going well for me, I'm just going to be happy. Like, and I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to care. 100%. but, But I can't, make myself miserable or put myself in the position where my only job is to make you happy because that's not anything that anybody else can do for you. No. And I think that stands true for friendships as well, because you and I had that conversation actually, where we, we, we both do this, which I really appreciate. But like, if one comes to the other with like, Hey, this happened, here's the story. And then the other one will start telling a similar story from a previous, uh, experience other e word um <laughs> it's there I, I know it's it's in there somewhere um random thought i was trying to remember the hungarian word for cat for like a week and a half and then last uh yesterday i was at the park and it came to me and i literally saw like this exhausted little file guy walk up in my head and be like we looked for a week and a half here's the here it is <laughs> don't actually need this for anything but I busted my ass here's your little word I was like thank you I don't need that anymore <laughs> what, is, like, what is the word What's the muchka hunger? muchka okay muchka um anyway yeah. so <laughs> now we know random random thought other e-word muchka no I'm kidding um <laughs> <laughs> so but like where the other one will start sharing a similar story and we had we we made sense of that because that's our communication style but i've had other people be like why are you trying to steal my thunder i'm like i'm not this is how i empathize right this is literally sounds like i'm trying to one-up you but i 100 promise you i am fucking not i'm listening and i'm relating to you right exactly again that's that communication style and also kind of finding empathy through similar experience rather than just saying like oh i'm so sorry oh i'm this oh i'm that it's like oh i've been there here's what i did or here's how it played out or something like that right yeah but i mean i feel like that's also because we're always on we're always trying to solution as well mm-hmm. and it goes to the tail end of that point too where it's like this is how i got through it and i think that's how right. you and i just discuss things and and try to mentally we try to be mentally stimulated in that way. And like, I, I, I think we've talked about this before too, even if it's it, probably on the podcast, but just, uh, you know, are you looking to solve or are you looking to have, yeah. like, are you, are you looking for validation or are you looking for a solution? Right. Do you want me to hear you or do you want advice? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that has to be a big thing with me because I had to learn early on that I usually see the solution really quickly 
But yeah. if I come to you that fast, or not even you, but anybody that fast with the solution, you don't hear me because most people are process people. Right. And that's not bad. It's just a different way of communicating, different, you know, thinking style. And if I come, you know, after the second sentence with like, oh, here's here's the solution to your problem, you're not gonna hear me. Then we're right. gonna go around and around and around and around for two hours and I'm gonna give you my original solution. You're gonna be like, oh. Right. So yeah, I kind of have to learn to taper the conversation so that I can get there in 30 minutes, even though I knew it the first five. Yeah, that's which uh, is real something. frustrating to me. I don't know how the other person feels, but it's real frustrating from my end. I know that Ian and I have done that multiple times where he will come come out of the gate with something that bothers him. And then I will immediately say, or like take responsibility, say I'm sorry, here's a solution, move on. Yeah. And then it becomes a three hour middle of the mm -hmm. night angry fight where it's just like I have said exactly what the solution is. Yeah. We I have taken responsibility. I don't know why you need to continue reliving this because it's not like it and I understand that it, it must make somebody else feel invalidated. Right. Especially because, when it's like a spouse. But yeah, because it sounds like you don't care because you came up with it so quickly, but that's not the case honestly, like the more, you know, someone, the faster you can put together all of the variables and like their behavior and their wants and needs and past experience and all that kind of stuff, the faster you might be able to come up with a solution from the outside looking in, if it's not, you know, an overly complicated, like dire thing. Right. But they still feel like you didn't, you didn't validate them. You didn't listen to them. And that's, that's a communication error on my part. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have that as well. And like, I'm also not the person where if I'm in a fight, I'm willing to, if I've said I, I apologize and I understand the solution, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Right. Yeah. I like, don't want to rehash. Because it's just like, there's no reason for me to have feelings of like, especially if I did something wrong, like I understand I did something wrong. I don't need to refeel it or like unfortunately hear how what I did wrong affected you because like right I'm pretty sure if I hurt you I understand that I hurt you so like but I don't know like I, I, that's probably a really cold thing to say <laughs> but but it's it's I reality it. I mean I, yeah I don't know it's we we all have errors and you know we know that mine is definitely like lack of emotion so <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah, talking about communication and tailoring your style to fit your partner, whether that be romantically or otherwise, Lauren, since, you know, you and I basically have a relationship at this point. I mean, we have everything but a shared bank account, so, which- at Well, some and sexually. Have, we don't have anything that sexually, so thank, money thank, and- Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm You're glad welcome. that we I'm clarifying. clarify that. I, Hello. In, you know, you, in my life, apparently. Okay. Well- no, <laughs> even though Ian calls you my girlfriend. No, I am your girlfriend. It's fine. You are my um, girlfriend. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm your long distance girlfriend. No, I'm kidding. Um, the one that lives in Canada. What? Are you deporting me now? Well, don't you remember that from middle school where it's like, I have a girlfriend. She's just in Canada. Oh, no, oh. you were homeschooled. You don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at you like, what? You never had any real friends. Sorry. No. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Actually, no, by junior high, I had already discovered dating apps and definitely right. got into some illegal activities. So sorry, mom. 
So um, anyway, uh, I was talking about tailoring communication style, which moves into the whole clothing thing that I was going to talk about. Um, uh, finding that custom fit in an off the rack world type cliche is where we're kind of starting on that one. Um, but in my dating journey from, I'm going to say high school was my first official boyfriend, not, you know, one of the ones I met in person, not one of the ones I was just on the phone with. Yeah. Uh, I had a really bad habit almost all the way through college of breaking up with a person at three months. Couldn't have a relationship longer than three months because that's your first fight. Okay. Almost always to the day it's three months. Okay. And, um, I would come to that first fight and just say, oh, well, then this isn't like, this isn't my person. I don't understand what it means to compromise in a relationship. I don't understand what it means to tailor or to tweak or to kind of help tailor that person to me while also like adjusting myself for them. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't, that wasn't a thing for me. Um, and I was expecting this custom fit that I would meet and be like that person, this is my one, this is everything. Like, it's not going to take a tweaking. It's not going to take a whatever. And then, uh, senior year of college, I had a boyfriend and I remember the first time I was like, oh, it's our first fight. I guess we're broken up. And he looked at me and just kind of cocked his head. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, we just had a blow up fight. Like, I'm, you know, I drove over to your house late at night and like there were tears and all stuff. We're done. Right. And he was like, no, we had a spat. What's wrong with you? I was like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Yes. uh, Shockingly enough, not, not every first fight has to end the relationship. Okay. I know that now, but like (laughs) whenever my parents fought, there was never a resolution. It just added to the pile of garbage. Uh, There was no, like, we're going to change. We're going to mold. We're going to anything. There was just additional resentment and additional, you know, anger and whatever. And it's just this pile of garbage that grew and grew and grew and grew and stank more and more and more. And so in my experience, it was like, well, I don't want the pile of garbage. So I'm just going to chunk the whole thing. Yeah. That makes sense. So then I started learning like, oh, you know, you, you take this, this suit, this person, this whatever that you got off the rack. And then, you know, you have to have measurements. And as you grow and the relationship grows, you have to have more tailoring and more tweaking and more whatever. So then I crossed into the other side of this problem, as you yes. do when the pendulum swings mm. and got so far into the, well, I can tailor this person and or myself if they are willing and malleable, I'm not saying I'm like pulling puppet strings over here, um, to where, what, don't cock your head at me. I'm actually trying to be genuine here. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Don't cock your head at me. That was, that was for the fun. That was for, a, that was for a funny. It wasn't. Uh-huh. Sorry. Sure. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're being genuine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's so hard. Damn it. Anyway. Um- <laughs> Anyway, swung to the other side, which was as long as they are a good person and they fit the basic list, right? I can mold anyone or mold to anyone. Right. And then you get however many years in and you look at it and you're like, wait, it's a pinstripe suit and I hate pinstripes. Why did I pick this up if I don't like the literal material it's made out of? Right. Like, how did I miss this? Exactly. Just because it fits doesn't mean that I like it. Doesn't mean that it looks good on me. Doesn't mean that like they are made for me or I'm made for them. It just means 
we made it work. Right. And that's the other side of it. So it's like the difference between, and I understand it's a really long metaphor and I'm hoping to like pull out some examples and break it down into something more concrete because this is, this is me. I find that piece, the, the cornerstone piece, and then we got to work backwards with pro- progress process. The other P word, damn it. Um, <laughs> that. um so yeah that's that's where I'm at right now and in the last five six months however long it's been since you know I became a single unit again as opposed to a we uh, I've just kind of been sitting back and watching honestly and just wondering who the hell poured acid in the dating pool and (laughs) Like, I, I've heard the jokes about, you know, there's pee in it or there's poop in it or there's what, no, there's fucking acid. Like, oh my God, you yeah. know? The the dating pool, especially in the area that you're in, is probably not well, the best. granted, but also when you sit back and watch as an impartial observer who's not attached to anybody, when everybody else is desperately searching for an attachment to someone and you're just chilling over here, like, I'm going to be as picky as possible. Yeah. It's impressive what you will see and what people will tell you and what you will become privy to. I'm not kidding. I don't think you are, but it just makes me so happy that I don't have to date anybody. (sighs) I mean, I don't have to date anybody and I really haven't. That's true. But I mean, like, I guess as long as Ian doesn't get rid of me. We're good. <laughs> I saw I saw a TikTok the other day that was really funny. It was this skinny little kid. And he was like, I love it when my girlfriend asked me if I'm going to leave her. And he's like, look at me. I am the stereotypical skinny white boy with black hair. I am so lucky that I got one. Why would I get rid of her? There's no one else lining up to date me. I want this one. Why does she think I'm leaving her? I love that she has that much confidence in me, but where the fuck would I go? <laughs> Okay, bless that kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, honey, you have it figured out. And I don't know if you're 14 or 21 because you got one of those faces, but you are a wise man. (laughs) And or child boy. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I, I think one of the things that I wanted to tease out from your metaphor um, was finding out, making it work like finding that outfit that like it looks good it works but i don't like it right like this this entire thing um i i guess in in that way there are just times where in relationships i've always noticed that i it, it goes back to the beginning you don't always like the person that you're with all the time but you and have to love them all the time yes and but you have to love them all the time and there there are times where you know you just you get frustrated or you know people people do change people grow people change measurements change everything changes mm-hmm. um but if you're not even fundamentally interested in that clothing item right then why does it matter to continue to make it work or keep it in in your wardrobe and and i know that sounds a little callous but at the end of the day what you always want is you know back to the to the pipe hands ice cream 
everything. Like you can have your ice cream and you can be that ice cream, but your person is supposed to be your sprinkles. They're supposed to be an additive, something that makes you and chocolate them. sauce. Cause I don't like sprinkles. Okay. Chocolate sauce. Something that makes you and them <laughs> both a little bit better. And, and even if you're not gonna, you know, be awesome 100% of the time, it should be a fundamental, I'm in this to be better and to help them be better. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And also the other thing is, and this was why I specified on the puppet strings. um, If you're trying to tailor and they're not willing to work with you, you end up giving up pieces of yourself Yeah. to try to even more make it work. And then when you do manage to step away or have even just a moment of external clarity, you look back and realize you're missing pieces. Yeah. And And at, at the end of the day, you have to live with you. Exactly. Yeah. You are what you live with to the day you die. 100% 100% guaranteed because yeah. like there is no other guarantee you're with you till you die. <laughs> like yeah. it's kind yeah. of a weird thing to say, but yeah. But I mean, even if you don't, and like there are times in life where like you might not like yourself, but you shouldn't feel like you gave up pieces of yourself and you mm-hmm. don't even recognize who you are as opposed to knowing that there is growth to be had and there are things that you need to to grow and to change as opposed to just being like, I had a part of me that is just now gone. Right. Because I needed to be, I needed to be less than I needed to, I needed to shrink. I needed to do whatever so that who I'm with feels better about themselves. I mean, that was, you know, my, my uh, high school relationship that I wanted to keep for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to change fundamental things about myself in order to be smart enough, be pretty enough, be good enough to keep an absolute goblin of a human being. Like, <laughs> I mean, you keep me and I'm a goblin, so. You're not a goblin. But. Part goblin. That's fair. I've seen your toes. <laughs> I have piano toes. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> they work excellently for jujitsu. It's like having another pair of hands. <laughs> That's. Facts. I'm not even fucking kidding. I saw a picture of him the other day off the jujitsu mat. I was like, what the fuck are those things? <laughs> facts. Absolute facts. Absolute facts. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like that's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard lesson to learn because the unfortunate thing is after, after you come out of something like that, where you know that you're hurting somebody else, but like, then you just realize that you're fractional. Like, and fractured. Yeah. And, and whether or not, you know, that other person took as much stock in, in you or, or anything. And, and this is just from my personal experience, whatever that other person felt for you or whatever, like you walk away, not only hurt because you lost out on a relationship that you wanted, mm-hmm. but then you also lost pieces of yourself along the way. And you don't even yeah. know who you are anymore. Nope. And you don't. And that is when you start expecting another person to define your happiness because you've literally given away what was in your pie pan. Exactly. 
And then now you don't have anything left to give or anything left to sustain yourself. So you're looking for happiness externally. And then when somebody shitty comes into your life and gives you a momentary glimpse of sunshine and then takes it away because they're shitty, you think that that defines your happiness and your sadness. And it doesn't. Nope, it does not. It does not. But that's also why, unfortunately, I feel like rebounds are rebounds, but I'm not just talking about rebounds. I'm talking about like some people doing it serially. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I've never understood the the serial thing. But I mean, I guess that's just a, a way that some people get their rocks off, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I cannot, as we have discussed ad nauseum. I, I, meh. Yeah. 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 It's exhaustive. I mean, it's just a, again, I think that it's also just because you and I are those types of people where if we want to invest, we invest. And that, and also like, I just can't open myself up to that much trust to have like rebounds and one night stands and things like I, I cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I completely understand that. I mean, I was never, (laughs) I make this joke all the time, but I I never had any intention of, um, you know, being long-term with Ian. Um, I didn't want him to be a rebound necessarily, but like I didn't know him from Adam. I didn't think that he was the type of person where he would want to even be in a committed relationship, let alone, you know, anything else. So I just thought like I'd just have some fun with this guy that I thought was really, really cute and then ended up burying him. Had had zero intention of being serious at all, um, and then it became the most serious thing in my entire life. I would hope so. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, now we're five years in. Like that's a little different than you know the first week and a half where it was just like, oh fuck, like I like this kid. Like not only not only do I enjoy this person and and you know he's cute and whatever, but like I I like him. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how I knew that I had screwed myself was because I, I liked this guy. <laughs> I hate that feeling. As, as the robot that I am, every time I get that, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. We messed up again. <laughs> the feelings chip is malfunctioning. Literally. I feel like Mr. Data of like next gen Star Trek. Take it out. Take it out. I don't like this thing anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I I really do enjoy the the metaphors that you bring to the table because I feel like the clothing it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I just I have to think it think through it that way because I I can't do it emotionally very well. You know, I mean, I know I say that like fifty thousand times every single podcast, but like it's true. This is how my brain works, and I've joked since I was a kid that it works backwards because it's solution first and process second. And that makes conversations very frustrating with me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you figured out any, any other nuggets of the process that you've been going through? Um, honestly, it, I, I already said it in, in passing, but my biggest thing so far has just been I'm trying to learn through observation. Yeah. Uh, just sitting back and being like, I'm not actively looking. I'm not. And people say that and then they don't mean it. Right. But it's just, for me, it's literally like, I want to know what a person is because I've had people offer and then watch them for a couple of weeks and been like, 
Mm-mm. I could be two weeks into something with you and partially invested, or I can sit back and watch and see what your behavior is and see that I did not want to get wrapped up in that and identify their own patterns. Right. And you can understand a lot about a person and then they'll come to you and be like, well, um, there's, there's a person um, that likes to talk to me when he's between girls. <laughs> and I've identified his pattern mm-hmm. and he acts like I'm this special person. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm your placeholder that refuses to be anything for you. And so because I will like say hi and smile at you, you think that I'm on this pedestal. I'm not. And if I were to give you what you think you want, I would be another name in your book. Right. No, exactly. I mean, I think that's been, I think that's probably like the worst place to be as a person is somebody that thinks they put you on a pedestal, but really like you are just that placeholder. And it's not, I mean, depending on how persistent that person is, I feel like it would be way more annoying, but like. They're not very persistent. They're, they're very casual with it because they think they're hot stuff and they're used to getting what they want. <laughs> what? I, I, is that too blunt? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kind of interested to, to see what drama unfolds. <laughs> oh, I, there's not going to be any because I have identified his pattern and do not give a fuck. Oh, like, well, then there we go. But Yeah. I mean, I feel- do not give a fuck. He thought yeah. he was so smart the other day because he put on a wedding ring and went out to the country club that we usually go to and told everybody that it was a promise ring and he was in this serious relationship. Um, and the next time I saw him, I was like, oh, where's your girl? Like, congratulations, where's your girl? And he was like, oh, no, that was a social experiment. And he's like, oh, how'd that work out for you, bud? And he was like, well, the opposite way it should have. I got way more attention. I was like, that was a surprise to you? Yeah, I mean, the town you're in, that's the, that's not that, just the town yeah. you're in, but like the caliber of people who are currently, of course, you got more attention. Like, that's literally a fucking magnet. What'd you expect? That is bonkers. And, is and so he bad. was like legitimately shocked that he'd uncovered this scientific mystery. And I was just like, no, mm, hun. No. No, hun. It's not a mystery. No, not at all. <sighs> well, I guess our offbeat relationship advice this time around is just don't don't get involved (laughs) well okay no that's not let's not boil it down that far i would say find happiness in yourself first yeah once again making sure that you like who you are on your personal rack of clothing if you will before you put yourself out for public consumption or before you look for an accessory that too have your outfit exactly have have your thing love what you are love what you put on and then when you go out you have more confidence in yourself which is one of the sexiest things on the planet is true like confidence true confidence i'm not talking about like gaslighting or like not toxic masculinity or a fake confidence anything like that but something where you just walk in and you know who you are oh my god that's sexy as fuck like yeah So being that person first, defining your own happiness, defining your own confidence before putting yourself out there. And again, having something to offer and then also understanding when it's just a little tweak versus this is a really big part of them. Right. I will give a personal example on this one from my past relationship. Um, one thing that we had to work on really hard was communication because, um, 
I came from a family with my mom, not my dad, but with my mom, we would sit down and just talk through everything for hours. And we would know exactly when we were on the same page and exactly when we weren't, because we put in that time to say, honestly, the way Lauren and I do, like, we just, we, I feel like if you and I ever came to a headbutt thing, we could talk it out, whatever it was. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that was my background. It wasn't his. And so at first, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm just going to touch it briefly. At first I would come in with a small thing and there would be an explosion. And then we developed those oil change conversations, which like I said, I've, I've mentioned before where it's like the car isn't totaled, the relationship being the car, it's not totaled. We just need to go in for a little oil change, a little tire rotation, a little whatever. Can we do this and it not be a spat? And then we'll walk away and we're happy. I don't want to start an argument. I just want to, I legitimately want to have a discussion. Right. So that would be something that was just like a little tweak, a little stitch here, a little stitch there. We fixed it. It's great. But then something that was a really big part of him was his music. It was heavy metal. It was punk. It was all this kind of stuff. And some of it I grew to like. Most of it gave me anxiety and a headache. Oh. And like it it literally just in my soul, I couldn't think when he would have it blaring at the top of the car speakers And it wasn't even like a rap thing. It was just like screaming and death metal. And I don't even know the right word. He would probably correct me on that. But like, to me, it was just, it tortured my soul. Got it. And he hated my music because like it was on the other end of the spectrum. And I'm just like, I I would say like, I like to listen to something in between stoner vibes and something you can fuck to. Like that's my genre. (laughs) (laughs) Good genre. Good genre. Right. Right. Um, So he didn't like my music. And that was just something that like week on long car rides together or, you know, just in the house cleaning or something, we can almost never agree on a band or a shot in anything. And that was a humongous part of his life because that was one of his second favorite things to do was jujitsu and concerts. Mm-hmm. That was too big a stitch. Yep. That was too big a tailor because it would have been cutting out a piece of the person, a piece of the outfit. And it mm-hmm. was just it didn't mesh. Right. No, I, and, I, get, I get that entirely. Cause I, I think that, you know, if I were to ever be and in the same way, like we are both very much career oriented people. And I feel like if one of us over like, and that's the, 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 the next steps that we're going to have to take are going to be a, a huge foundational, not shift for our relationship, but just, it's going to be a foundational kind of moment where we're both in a bit of a spot where we're looking at changing and moving or putting more into our careers where we're not at the starting blocks anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and for I mean, him, you guys are in, in the process, which I think is really cool. Cause I've never been that far in the process. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. It's fucking bonkers, <laughs> but you know, old man, we are, we're getting, we're getting very old. Um, but you know, he's been in the army long enough that he has to make some fundamental changes, um, in order to do the next steps in the army that he wants to do or to get out. And that'll be a huge change. And, you know, I'm in a, part of my career where I could be going into, you know, middle management and things like that. And in a fortune 500 company, which is bonkers, but you know, it's, it's stuff where you have these changes. And for us, if we both were not supportive of each other's careers, I don't know that we would have made it. Right. Um, And it it wasn't just one-sided either, because, you know, there were 
two years where I was traveling every other week. And Ian, I remember that. Yeah. And Ian got to, well, you got, you had to do it every week, which is even mm-hmm. worse. But, you know, Ian got to experience what it's like to be the person left behind in, in that roller coaster of emotion where it's like, well, I can be happy that you're home or I can be sad when you leave. And I don't want to be sad when you leave. So I'm just not going to have any emotion when you're home. And, you know, doing that for two years and then also having... That's taxing, really yeah. taxing, especially when you also have to go through deployments with that spouse. Like, exactly. It's and temporary and it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oof, that's a lot. That's so a it, lot. It was, it was a really weird situation and we've, you know, coming out of it being, for him being able to actually like talk about it and, and feel those feelings and know that he's in a safe spot to talk about it since I've been home and since he got home from this deployment, you know, it's, it's a whole different world, but to your point, if, if neither one of us were willing to be supportive or make that sacrifice, it definitely, it wouldn't have worked. It just right, no. it wouldn't have. And, and it won't. Like it, that, at the end of the day, we both are willing to be supportive of one another, but we both understand that there are sacrifices that one party is going to have to make for the other. 100%. Party. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all the metaphors I have for today, Lauren, unless you're thinking of adding something else, I'll tell them where to find us. Frere Jacques, <laughs> I didn't know I'd still do that song. Okay. Anyway. Where can I wow. find <laughs> Well, if you want to hear more, please check us out on Instagram at Mind Over Millennial Podcast, where Lauren does post things occasionally. I forget. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at, and my name is Tess. I do post memes there. Uh, and you can find Lauren at that millennial Lauren underscores between those word steers. Um, you can also send us requests. You can let us know if we're doing good or bad. We appreciate constructive criticism over most things. Um, we accept DMs on Instagram, or you can email us directly at mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much to all of our beautiful human unicorns. We really, really, really want to get some merch out for you guys. So if you could drop some interest for merch, we have great designs. We want to do some stickers, maybe some t-shirts, baseball caps. I want to do mugs personally or wine coolers. Obviously, Tess wants to go nuts. So please give me feedback so I can have merch. Um, (laughs) We love you guys very much, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye, guys. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.